Hi everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Vampire Diaries Diaries, your favorite podcast bringing you hostage situation, booby traps, hypnosis, and straight up teen murder. My name is Beth, and I am joined as always by my esteemed co-host Claire, and we're happy to bring you season four, episode five, The Killer. OMG. Who's the killer? Should I say it now? Should we wait? Is there anybody left on the show who hasn't killed somebody? Even Matt's killed somebody. Who'd Jeremy kill? That He decapitated that hybrid one that one time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Even Matt's killed someone. I guess April. Yeah. She's a hot mess. I feel bad for her. She's got issues. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about it, April. <laughs> <laughs> but first, we got to catch up with our old friend Connor, who we saw last week, was in cahoots with our favorite creepy Professor Shane. And we learn a little bit more about that situation here. Right. So he's visiting the professor and they get into an argument because Connor's like, what the fuck? Why did you send me to this place? I was locked up by an original vampire. Like, do you understand how hard it is to get out of that situation? Yeah. And Professor Shane is like not concerned at all. He's like, oh, my God, you met Klaus. (laughs) He's fangirling. That's right. He is totally... (laughs) fangirling you are correct but connor's pissed shane is just really horny for vampires and we learned that professor shane i call him shane that's his last name i don't know if they've said his first name but i'm pretty sure it's atticus that seems about right because we got rid of alaric we gotta have the professor yeah we'll call him the nutty professor uh (laughs) he knows something about connor's hunter's mark or whatever the fuck the tattoos and the five Uh and he won't tell connor about it until his tattoo is complete so he has to kill more vampires which is why he sent him to mystic falls but connor's like yeah well it's fucked up and i had to decapitate this hybrid who is really cute and now i have his cute decapitated head and i'm gonna go back to my trailer and get some werewolf toxin he calls it this time instead of venom oh that's right werewolf toxin apparently werewolf toxin doesn't dry up super fast after the head's been removed from the body Ugh, yeah and there, we have like a quick scene of like connor throwing down like this bloody pillowcase like full of nate's head and it's just <laughs> so so disgusting and i also want to apologize because i think last episode i implied that the trailer blew up instead of the hospital but it did not and the trailer is still fully intact yes it is there was <laughs> so. a bomb in the trailer but it didn't yes, go off there. but it didn't go off. It went off at the hospital. <laughs> and I think I, when I was listening to the episode, conflated the two. But. I didn't notice if you did. And I okay. listened to it at least twice in the process of editing it. And there was a time in that episode or the one before where I definitely said vampire venom instead of werewolf venom. And neither <laughs> of us noticed and we just let it go. So... Uh. We We're are on top of it. Professional yes. podcasters, season four. <laughs> it's a tough world out here. Mercury, anyway. Mercury's in retrograde. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. That's what I always say if I feel like things are going wrong. I believe you. Usually, usually agree with me, even though I don't know what it means or if it's true. Anyway. Uh, I found it really entertaining that the actor who played Nate, I had to look him up because he was really cute. And I wanted to know where I could see him. I was like, oh, it says he's in two episodes. What? 
And he was credited as being in this episode, even though there was just a prop of his decapitated head. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, get that credit, girl. Yeah, good for him. Make that money. <laughs> that face literally is the moneymaker. It was all swollen. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was nasty. The other weird thing about this scene is Shane Atticus Professor is like trying to protect Bonnie. So mm-hmm. he's like, listen, Connor, whatever you do, like while you're killing the vampires, like I don't want to know about it, but just like don't hurt the witch because I like need her. So it's a little creepy. He says he has like plans with what to do with her or something along those lines. Yeah, he needs her for whatever his ultimate end game is. But Connor's like, I don't give a shit. If she stops me from murdering a bunch of vampires and humans, maybe, why not? Then uh, she's going to die. And the professor says the very creepy line, fine, I'll occupy her myself. Oh, yeah, I know. That was so creepy. No, thank you. Yikes. And spoilers, it was not with his dick like I feared. Yeah. But it was another creepy thing. Yes, it was. I guess the benefit of this scene is at least now we have somewhat of a motive for Connor, which I feel like was really lacking throughout all of the other episodes that he's been in. He's just like being outrageously violent. And now we know that he at least like is working for the professor and like wants more information about what the fuck he's doing. So yeah, still ain't right, but fair enough. (laughs) So Connor has this new really cool fun plan which centers around going to the Mystic Girl because that is the hottest place in town. (laughs) And Jeremy's just bopping around. It seems like he's bussing tables, but the restaurant isn't open yet. I don't know. But he doesn't get to do much before Connor comes up behind him and puts a knife to his throat and says, let's talk about vampires. So dramatic. Which could be the name of our podcast. It could be. I It doesn't have quite the same ring to it. (laughs) Yeah, and then we get our title card, so we're in for an interesting episode. And then, I don't know why, but the show decides to go back to its roots. And we have a scene with Elena waking up in her room. And she's doing a stretch, and she's like, Dear Diary, it's been a while. I'm a vampire, and I'm fucking depressed, and I hate it, and I want to kill myself. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, okay, like, yes, but also, like, why did they bring back this, this voiceover diary thing? We had it for, like, a little bit of season one, and then they just did away with it, and then they just brought it back. It's so funny to me. Yeah. And they really, like, go all in on it, because we get the classic, Stefan and Elena are both writing in their diaries, and we cross-cut between them. And they're both talking about the same thing, but Stefan's all, oh, there's a cure for vampires. I noticed he said cure for vampires and not cure for vampirism. I'm like, mm-hmm. cure for vampires could mean many things, like a cure for vampire hepatitis. Like, be more specific, <laughs> right. dude. Yeah. But he's like, and there's hope now, and I'll do whatever it takes for Elena. And Elena's like, I have no hope. The only thing I'm living for is Jeremy, which is the opposite of how I should feel. (laughs) Jeremy should make me want to die even more. In my notes, I even put a little question mark next to this because she says, I think of Jeremy and all he has left. And I'm like, what? Shitty job at the grill and like old stale weed? I don't know. 
Oh, goodness. But she's really, like, hammering home the point through this episode so that the stakes can be appropriately high. That if something happened to Jeremy, then she would just lose it. That would be the last straw for her. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. But I guess this does do a good job of setting up this episode for anyone who's, like, just rejoining season (laughs) four or whatever. uh, Because now we know how Elena and Stefan feel and what they're doing. Yeah, and Stefan's like, I don't care. Whatever he says, I'm doing whatever Klaus wants me to do because this is all that matters. And I love having a new reason to lie to my girlfriend again. It's been so long. Yes. He got on the the Klaus trade so quickly. Like, Mm -hmm. he was first in line, not asking any questions. His ticket is stamped. I don't know why I keep going with this metaphor, but I can't stop. I like it. (laughs) You gotta go where the tracks take you. (laughs) Thank you. But then, um, speaking of Klaus, he sends a quick text over to Stefan. And then I think, does Stefan, like, immediately call him back? I forget what the text says. Yeah, I think he texts just to say that Connor escaped. Oh, okay. That's right. Yep. Stefan calls to be like, what the fuck? Like, we need that bitch. Right. And this whole time, Klaus is like at a dig site because and it took me a minute to like figure out why i was like oh right they're trying to dig up the uh sword for mm-hmm. the tattoos and the map and the cure all that bullshit but Klaus is basically like you need to keep connor alive gotta keep damon in check because if he dies then all of this is for nothing also i don't trust anybody trust is stupid yeah, and, like, it's just such a weird thing because Klaus is like, whatever you do, don't tell Damon. And Stefan's like, well, this would be a lot fucking easier if I could tell Damon because he's out there wanting to murder Connor with every fiber of his being. And Klaus, he's so fucking dramatic. He's like, tell one soul and I'll slow- throw this sword into the Mediterranean. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. I, mean- I love it, though. This is the Vampire Diaries. Our threats are only effective if they involve throwing something or somebody into the ocean. (laughs) Right. Yes. Now we know that Klaus means business. And he got very specific with the Mediterranean. Like, you should just say the sea. It would be much harder to find. (laughs) Yeah. Too much detail there, Klaus. (laughs) And I also loved how, like, the dig site was so busy. There was, like, 40 archaeologists, like, in the background. Oh my god. You wouldn't think that like a private dig would be like <laughs> that busy, but okay. Hey, he's Klaus. He can compel as many archaeologists as he wants. That's true. <laughs> so then we go back to the grill <laughs> where Matt has started his shift. <laughs> and he <laughs> calls Jeremy and he's leaving him an angry voicemail because he thinks that he's late for work. So Matt is like also bussing tables. Yeah. He's like listen, Jeremy, you're, like, fucking 30 minutes late, man. Get here now! And there's, like, nothing to do in the restaurant. Like, nobody at the restaurant. It's not even open yet, as we learned in a second. When April comes wandering in, Matt's like, fuck off, we're not open till 11. (laughs) Everybody is so, like, rude and dismissive towards April. Like, she's not even a person. I know. (laughs) They really are. And she's like, um, I was looking for Rebecca. She was supposed to help me find out, like, why my dad exploded. 
and she just disappeared. And uh, aren't you guys kind of a thing? Wow. But Matt's like, ugh, why would you think that me and Rebecca were a thing? Gross. I don't care about your dead dad. <laughs> and then April's like, oh, okay, sorry. Wasn't sure. I'm just worried about Rebecca because she fucking disappeared. But okay. And she's the only person who's shown any actual like interest in having any kind of friendship with me, except for Elena, who keeps on like having to run away every time we're together. <laughs> But unfortunately, or fortunately, maybe, their conversation is cut short because Connor just waltzes in with Jeremy, also in a very dramatic fashion. And he's like, that's the least of your problems. (laughs) I I guess referring to the fact that Rebecca has disappeared. Yeah. And April's just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, yeah. Every every scene this episode that April's in, she's just like, what the fuck? She has no idea what's going on. I I feel bad for her. Yeah. So now all three of them are stuck at the grill with Connor and his knife. So that doesn't seem fun. But you know what does seem fun? Barging into uh, your brother's girlfriend's bedroom first thing in the morning. No respect for boundaries. Damon is pulling a standard Damon move and just, as you mentioned, barges into Elena's room and he's like, Where's Stefan? He's ignoring my calls. And Elena's like, all right, well, good morning to you, too. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, let me use your phone to call Stefan. He's probably just avoiding me because of how we, like, sort of danced together last week. And everybody's making a way bigger deal out of it than they need to. <laughs> right, and Elena's kind of like, uh, about that... And Damon's like, oh, you didn't tell him about the hot, sweaty dance party? All right. Yeah, and Elena's like, no, I didn't tell him that I got high on blood like some crackhead and then dirty danced with you. Jesus, Elena, pump the brakes. (laughs) I know. I know your emotions are heightened, but that's so necessary. And just her saying that she got high on blood like it's an actual drug. It's like, no, you've been basically starving for the entire time you've been a vampire and you finally got a good meal and had fun at a party. Right. Like, responsible fun at a party where you didn't kill anybody. Right. Or even cheat on your boyfriend. You just danced with somebody. Yeah, it's not like they were even grinding. They were just like, well, I guess there was some, like, licking of blood off of their own fingers very close to each other's faces. But Oh, yeah. It wasn't that bad. No, it's definitely on the line, but I don't know if it crosses it. Yeah. But <laughs> she is very ashamed of herself, but is denying it because Damon's like, oh, classic newbie vampire shame spiral. She's like, I'm not in a shame spiral. It's more of a shame a quicksand pit. <laughs> but then they both become very worried when Damon calls Stefan for Elena's phone and he doesn't answer. They're like, oh, if he's not answering a latest call, something's really wrong. Yeah. He definitely couldn't just be on an errand or doing anything. Something is definitely wrong if he doesn't answer Elena. Yeah, couldn't be taking a shit or, you know. <laughs> Hiding a moonstone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So we leave those two pondering what the fuck is going on with Stefan And we check back into the rapidly developing hostage situation over at the grill. Jeremy feels the need to stand up for April here. And he's like, 
listen, let April go. She has nothing to do with this. And this is interesting because Connor is like, actually, she has everything to do with this, her and her dad. Mm. So I'm curious what he's talking about with April's dad. Like, I know that he like blew up all of the people, but but like what what does that have to do with vampires? I don't know. It seems like he was really interested in the explosion when we first saw him and then it came kind of back burner when he was like shooting people at the church. But <laughs> it... sorry. It's just so ridiculous this, I know. this sentence. Yeah, it seems like maybe he has a theory as to what it's all about, or maybe he's withholding information, but it's unclear. But yeah, he has that whole thing on the back burner right now. Fair enough. He's a busy man. Yeah. And he also mentions that he and April have history because he stabbed her in the church that one time and left her to die. Yikes. But she's like, I've never met you, sir. And he reveals that not only was April compelled to forget him, but Jeremy was compelled to forget their recent conversation at Klaus's. And Jeremy is pissed. Ah, yes. Did someone compel me? What conversation yesterday? Why does this keep happening to me? (laughs) Then Matt chimes in because he (laughs) is not (laughs) extremely helpful. But he's like, just so you know... If you know anything about this town, you know that our friends will be here for us any minute. And Connor's like, yeah, Matt, that's my plan. Every (laughs) vampire that comes for you is another one I get to murder and add to my tattoo tapestry. Yeah, he is like, yes, you have accidentally stumbled upon my actual plan. (laughs) And then does he steal somebody's cell phone or is he texting from his own phone? Yeah, he takes either Matt or Jeremy's phone, and he's like, ooh, who should I text? Let me name all the vampires I know in this town. He keeps on talking about it like there's going to be 50 vampires, but he's like, Stefan, Damon, Tyler Lockwood, and that's his whole list. (laughs) He doesn't even know about Caroline. Uh, The group text is small. Yeah, and we get a lot of phone close-ups that seem like they are supposed to be product placement, but I'm not sure what they're trying to place. But he sends a text like, I have hostages at the grill and they'll die at midnight or something like that. (laughs) Or sundown. Some dramatic time. Yes. So things have have definitely escalated at the grill. Mm -hmm. So while all of that's going down, we head over to the Lockwood Mansion where the crew has come together quite quickly so I assume that they got the texts and they're all um, planning to save their friends we've got Elena, Stefan, Damon, Caroline, Tyler and they're trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do to get the rest of the (laughs) the folks out of the grill yeah and Stefan comes in a bit late everybody is like okay so we'll all hit separate and entrances and take him on all together it'll be great we'll get the hostages out and i think that must have been jeremy's phone because they know jeremy is one of them but they don't know who else oh good point yep and they're all agreeing but then seven has to come in with his ulterior motives and secret deals with klaus and he's like whoa 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 i was not involved in making this plan 
So let me fuck it up for you a little bit. I think it's too dangerous. He likes to set traps and he has werewolf toxin. And Alina's like, does he? How do you know that? He's like, well, he had it last week (laughs) or two weeks ago whenever there was that keg party. Good point, Elena. (laughs) But... Elena agrees with Damon. She's like, listen, he might like be a hunter, but there's a lot of us and only one of him. And then Tyler chimes in that he's got the hybrids on standby to help. Oh, right. <laughs> Caroline has got the most help of all. She's had her mom put squad cars on the street to block off the road, saying that there's a gas leak. Oh, Liz Forbes, there's nothing you can't do for the town. It seems pretty uh, dark to be fabricating a faulty gas line considering what happened at the young farm (laughs) very recently (laughs) didn't even think of that (laughs) that is bold that is so bold i guess she just had it top of mind and she's just like uh yeah it's it's a gas leak (laughs) and right in the spot where april is yep (laughs) but stefan's still like no i don't like it we don't know what he might have going on there. I gotta go do some recon at least. Like, I should be the only one to go by myself. Don't ask why. And Tyler has a great line here. He, he says, That guy shot me like nine times. If we're gonna kill him, I'm coming. <laughs> I loved that. That gave me a good chuckle. Thanks, Tyler, for the the reminder. He did shoot him in at least two different locations. Yeah. Several times each. Damn. That's cold. Only on the Vampire Diaries can you get a great line like that. It's true. It's so true. And then we get the a nice segue into talking about Bonnie because I think that Damon's like, and where's the Wicked Witch of the West? Like, get her here to help us. And Caroline's like, she can't do magic. And they say, call her. Yeah, Damon says to tell her that Jeremy is being held hostage, and that will oh. inspire her to get her powers back. Ouch. <sighs> Damon's being a real busy. jerk about Bonnie this week. Yeah. Without having any actual scenes with her. I know. I wonder if he's still mad from the fact that she was upset that they were dirty dancing at the party. She, Yeah, she did poop on their party. Yeah. But anyway... But- we see that Bonnie is over at the professor's. Oh my god, this whole scene is so cringy. Starting off with like the fact that Bonnie's like walking around the office and like kind of fawning all over the professor's things, and she literally says, I can't believe you wrote an actual book. Girl! <laughs> Did you see what the book was? <laughs> I did, but I don't remember it now. I had to like pause and really try to read the cover because it was like the cover design was like bloodstains on a sort of murky background. <laughs> Almost it looked like, but I finally worked it out. It's it's called Book of the Occult. Oh, so unique. <laughs> so specific. Yes. It's just the occult, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. And the professor says that he's actually written three books, but two of them sucked. So, oh, ha ha ha. Well. I'm so sexy and smart and accomplished, child. Ugh, yeah. 
but she is like looking at her phone and professor's like hey we agreed when we do witch therapy no devices you have to be present in the moment and also drink this tea it's better if you smoke it but haha i'm being a good influence so creepy what kind of tea did he make like mushroom tea or something i don't fucking know whatever tea makes you like black out for seven hours (laughs) (laughs) oh i know uh and big side eye to him saying that he got it from some aborigine spirit guides yikes yeah fuck off professor shane and he brings his creepiness to a peak in this (laughs) i already know what line you're gonna say in this (laughs) line he's like all right so what i have in mind might come across as unorthodox Oh my god, run, Bonnie. Run now. What do you know about hypnosis? Oh my gosh. Okay, like, even if Bonnie was gonna be fine with hypnosis, just the fact that he's being so fucking creepy when he introduces the idea, and everything he said is, like, said in this manner. He's like, what I have in mind might come across as unorthodox. And there was something he said to her last week, that I remembered and now I'm forgetting but it was like in a similar vein like it was like uh, I don't know I, it'll come to me and I'll I'll say it when <laughs> it but it's just something equally creepy yeah everything he's saying has this like undercurrent of I want to fuck you yeah but then like it doesn't go in that direction so it's very confusing <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's all just like very inappropriate like hitting every beat of inappropriate teacher student relationships except she's not even his student because she's too young to be his student yikes i know i know but yeah giving her drugs hypnotizing her and i was very confused by this scene until i watched it the second time because strangely for this show they actually did it very subtly that he brings out this metronome and he's like hypnosis what do you think and she's like witches can't be hypnotized that's stupid and he's like, oh, well, why why don't you put your earring back on then? And she's like, oh, you scamp, you got me. And the first time I watched it, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, it was weird. So, like, in that conversation, he had, like, put his hand on his own ear, and then she did it too. And then he said, like, he was talking about how she was just, like, really guilty about her grams and afraid of the spirits. And she just needs to... And somehow he gets in the phrase, like, take it off. And then you see her, like, move her hand away from her ear. So she took off her earring because of, like, his hypnotic suggestion. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even notice that. I just figured that it happened off screen and I was ready to just, just to accept that. That's what I thought the first time. But then I was watching it again today and I was like, okay, I need to understand what's happening in this scene. But it was like... You know, in this day and age, I'm almost never looking at the screen the whole time I'm watching something because I'm looking right. at another screen at the same time, at least one other screen. <laughs> so it's very easy to miss. Yes. Good job, Claire. A plus podcasting skills. I made the sacrifice of looking away from Candy Crush to look at the screen for you guys. Wow. We are not worthy. <laughs> but yeah, she's like, oh, I see. You actually can hypnotize me. Great. That doesn't make right. me nervous. Yeah, sign me up. (laughs) So then we leave that creepy town. And I guess Klaus calls Stefan again. They're just checking in with each other. 
I think Stefan calls Klaus um, because of what Tyler had said about rallying the hybrids to help them with the plan to kill Connor. Oh, so right. So he's like, they're all sired to Klaus, so he can tell them, hey, don't do that. And then oh. at least that part will be taken care of. Yeah. But Klaus isn't having it. He's like, you expect me to care about some bloody hostages? And then Stefan is like, listen, our only option is if you want Connor alive, you've got to get the hybrids on board with my plan instead of whatever Tyler's trying to do. Yeah, because everybody cares about Jeremy Gilbert for some fucking reason. So they're all extra hungry for murder right now. Yeah. And while they're having this conversation, we see Elena watching out the window because everybody's relocated to the Rick room. It took me a while to figure out that's where they were. Me too. I don't think we ever got like that outward shot of her like overlooking the town square before. Yeah, the... I, I didn't realize that Alaric lived across the street from the grill, which is very convenient for his drinking. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, she sees him on the phone and she's like, who's he talking to? And Damon says, hopefully Bonnie. Ha ha ha. LOL. But at the Rick room, they have uncovered Alaric's old underground railroad maps that apparently highlight uh, the different tunnels that are under the town. And there's one that will lead them into the grill, which is very convenient. Um, And they say that it's a tunnel just like the one leading into the Lockwood cellar. Another cringy moment here. Yeah, and I was confused. Is that just Damon making another weird, insensitive joke, like when he made that Anne Frank joke last season that didn't make sense? (laughs) And he's just saying Underground Railroad because there are underground tunnels? Or is he actually saying that there was an Underground Railroad in Mystic Falls? Because... I think it was already established that the tunnels were there from, like, Viking times so that vampires could go around during the day. Oh, I don't remember that tidbit. I don't know. But I was very uncomfortable with Damon talking about the Underground Railroad considering he owned slaves. But yes, as Elena and Damon are poring over these maps, Elena receives a call and it's Stefan and he lets her know that the hostages include april young jeremy and matt so this is like too much for elena because as we know she can't let matt go and also she feels some like weird responsibility over april because she used to be her babysitter and read her her own short stories (laughs) (laughs) yes and elena's like that's it I'm, i'm going in the tunnels and david's like the fuck you are she's like you can't like tell me what to do like i'm a vampire i can handle myself Yeah, and she's basically like, I have watched Beauty and the Beast a lot of times, and I want to pull a bell right now and tell them to take me instead. Uh, yes. So she would trade herself as hostage for other people. I don't know why she thinks that would work, but she's very panicked right now. Yeah, she's worried. But Damon's like, you foolish young baby vampire, you don't know how to protect yourself. Bang, you're dead, because I just uh, pretended to shoot you with a crossbow, I guess. But then things get a little bit sexy because Elena, like, grabs the crossbow away from him. And she's like, you missed! Boom, you're dead! And she's, like, pushes him down and, like, is straddling him on the bed. Yeah, they get onto the bed somehow. Why is there a bed in the living room? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Next to the weightlifting machine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Alaric. And then Damon's all, for someone who doesn't want to be like me, you're pretty good at it. So... 
Hey-o. But she plays the Jeremy Cardigan, like, he's literally all I have to live for. (laughs) So we got to take care of this. (laughs) Okay, Leah. And meanwhile, at the grill, somebody is calling the landline. (laughs) And (laughs) Jeremy goes to answer it. But Connor's like, no, don't you dare answer the phone! Like, the amount of screaming that he does in this episode is so over the top. <laughs> it really is. He must have needed hella lozenges after filming this these scenes. <laughs> hella lozenges, you're right. <laughs> My god. Actually, I think that is not what happened right now, is it? That happens later. It happens at some point. I don't have it in I don't have it in my notes here, but I don't think that I have it in my notes. So Yes. That it happens could happen now. At some point, but what's happening right now, I think, is that Jeremy is like, Ugh, I hate being compelled. This is so annoying. I'm gonna go talk to Connor to figure out what's up. And Connor's like, Oh hey, let me show you this homemade bomb that I'm making and explain exactly how it works. So when it kills a hybrid later, uh you'll understand why. Or it doesn't kill the hybrid, it incapacitates the hybrid. Yeah, it sure does. But he's like, it's just like so weird because he's like measuring all of these like different color liquids in these <laughs> giant ass jars. And I'm like, this is just it seems like a ramshackle operation you're running here, Connor. Why is he always doing unnecessary science? <laughs> he really is. He's like, has his like, I don't know, little beakers out. Not really. It's like mason jars, but whatever. Everybody else is like, okay, I dipped this thing in vervain, so now it's a weapon. Sweet. But he's like, I must distill the disparate (laughs) elements from this and put it into this. And then when it explodes, the nail will go into their bloodstream and they will get the werewolf toxin and then they will die. Also, I booby trapped all of the doors. (laughs) He's a man with attention to detail. I'll give him that. I mean, he has nothing else going for him in his life, so. Yeah. He goes hard. And but... Jeremy's like, oh, okay. <laughs> he like says like nothing about this. He's like, oh, all right. Anyway, <laughs> um, you said we had a conversation yesterday about what? Like, what do you get from this? And it's like the writers realized that they had not given him any like legitimate motivations or backstory mm-hmm. prior to this. So they're like, oh, shit, he dies this episode. This is our last chance. So he has this monologue like. <laughs> You know, I used to think that there would be, that there was nothing to it. I just had to keep killing vampires. But then the tattoo kept growing and I realized when the tattoo is done, then I'll know who I am and what the whole point was. Who am I, Jeremy? Who am I? (laughs) Wow. Very dramatic. Yes. Once it is complete, I'll know my story and all of these murders will have meant something. (laughs) Wow. It's like, shoot first, ask questions later, except with him. It's like, mass murder first. Or no, ask question first, complete mass murders to get answer. Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) Meanwhile, April's like, whoa, what's going on here? This guy sounds crazy. He's talking about (laughs) vampires? Like, that's nuts. (laughs) I know. This was very odd to me, like, that... That April, like, keeps bringing up the fact that, like, he's crazy and delusional. And then, like, Matt starts to go along with it as well, which further confused me. But it's like, does she really not know, like, anything weird is happening in in the town? 
I feel like at this point she's probably been compelled even more times than we've seen happen on screen. So she probably just has no clue. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, she's having a bit of an existential crisis. (laughs) Aren't we all? Same girl, same. And I think we have a moment with Damon and Elena here. I don't remember how we get to this point, but... (laughs) I just wrote down that Elena says, isn't this why we sent him to Denver? About Jeremy. <laughs> like, we've already been through this with him. Yeah, we got to protect him at all costs. We got him the hell off this show. Why didn't that stick? Thank you for saying what I was thinking, Elena. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, I guess they're coming up with a plan to send Elena in. I don't think that happens yet. Okay. There's so many scenes of Damon and Elena having conversations in this episode. I forget which ones happened when. I know. Yeah, this is why the episode was like a little hard for me to follow, I guess, because there's like a lot of jumping back and forth with not like a lot of action until the end. (laughs) Yeah. But at some point in this conversation, Stefan comes back and... Damon is like, oh, hey, I found uh, Alaric's maps of the tunnels and the last ravine in Mystic Falls. And <laughs> this is where I think we actually get our product placement because Stefan wants uh, a copy of the maps so that he can do his own plan. And so Damon basically like <laughs> primitively airdrops it to him. Well, what was yes. the word that is said on the phone? It was like. It wasn't bloop, but it was something like in the vein of bloop. Yeah, I forget exactly what it is. I must have taken a picture of this because I didn't write it down. Let me see. Okay, I didn't take a picture of that, but I did take a picture of uh, Connor's text, his mass text, which I think (laughs) did have some product placement that this AT&T phone can do autocomplete suggestions. Oh, wow. I don't know if you'll be able to see this, but it's really funny. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is so good. It's just sundown. Sundown. But yes, uh, Damon air bloops the uh, the tunnels to Stefan's phone. And And it's such a grainy-ass picture, and... (laughs) Every time they show it throughout, like, the rest of the episode, I just start cackling because it's so small and so, like, pixelated that you would never be able to actually reference it if you were in a hostage situation and trying to get out. I don't think they can even, like, zoom in on the image on these phones. Right? Like, that was not a thing then. That's what I mean. Like, it's just, like, one, like, super, I don't know, zoomed out, grainy-ass image. I guess with super vampire sight, they can see blurry images. Yes, I guess so. I wish I had that power. All images look blurry to me these days. (laughs) That's why I'm going to the eye doctor tomorrow. Hooray! (laughs) But Damon is really pissed right now, and he has had it. And he's like, Stefan, why are you lying? Why is Klaus involved in this plan? Because Stefan has told them that Klaus is sending one of the hybrids in. Oh, right. Yep, that's right. And Stefan is not having it. He, like, immediately verveins Damon. Like, I don't even know if there's much back and forth before he, like, jumps to this. I think, like, Damon starts, like, getting up in his face and saying that he's gonna go kill Connor or something if Stefan doesn't tell him. 
Oh, right. If And he asks, like, if Klaus has actually compelled Stefan. Mm. Oh, actually, I did write down what the airdrop thing was. Oh. Sorry, I just saw it. It's a... <laughs> In order to airdrop, he it's the button that says touch to beam. <laughs> oh, beam. Yes. He beamed it, as we all <laughs> used to do, as we all still do. I can't tell you how many times I've beamed a map to somebody. We beam and we bing. <laughs> And we use our MiFi to do it. <laughs> but yes, he has remained Damon. And Elena's like, um, what the damn hell, Stefan? Yeah. Does he even, like, give any explanation for why he just remained Damon? I don't think he does. Because they immediately just start talking about how, like, Elena's like, Stefan, like, what the hell? And Stefan's like, all right, I'm going in. Like, he doesn't even, like, give an explanation at all. And Elena's like, I want to come. And Stefan's like, no, you can't. Because what if you, like, actually kill Connor? The guilt will just, like, totally wreck you. Stop mansplaining Elena's potential reactions to events that are only (laughs) hypothetical in this moment. I know. And also, she's a vampire now. Things are different. Yes. But Elena does agree with him she's like i know i know i'm barely holding on as it is but she still wants to go but she still wants to go and like stefan lays down like all of this like emotional guilt on her to convince her not to go and he's like listen this is the most important thing i've ever asked you to do don't come just trust Which I, me yeah I feel like there are more important things that he has asked her to do in the past, but now I can't remember, but I couldn't remember any of them. Elena, listen to me. This is the most important thing I've ever asked you to do. Have you heard of pegging? (laughs) No, sorry. That would be Damon. (laughs) That would totally be Damon. But I am very pissed off at Stefan in this episode, and this is one of the big highlights of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, why should she trust him? He lies to her all the time. I know. Ugh. But we take a break from that drama to have some also highly irritating drama with the Caroline and Haley situation. Right. So over at the Lockwood Mansion, Caroline and Haley are both there. And Caroline walks in and she's just kind of like, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Which, fair. And Haley's like, yeah, hey, you know, I'm staying here for a few days i i'm a buddy of ty's she starts calling tyler ty and i'm like wow Haley, this really like made me uncomfortable yeah and caroline's like um the fuck are you talking about nobody calls him that and i've never heard of you before and Haley just gets this like kind of snotty look on her face and says i don't do teen drama teen drama take it up with ty Yikes. Like, wow, the irony of Phoebe Tonkin saying, I don't do teen drama. That's your entire (laughs) career, girl. (laughs) And Caroline's like, wow. I thought the Phoebe Tonkin's accent was bad in her first episode. It is off the charts this week. To the point that I'm like, was I wrong that she's supposed to be American? Yeah, it's really bad. It's like, it's so bad that it doesn't even sound like any of the things that it is or that it's trying to be like couldn't they have just let this character be australian like australians are always traveling the world that's like their whole thing they are and they're always coming here 
to Appalachia. <laughs> yes. The Appalachians are uh, crawling with the Australians. <laughs> Australians. Yes. Australian, Appalachian. There are similar sort of names. Absolutely. I bet the Aborigine spirit guides who made that uh, meth tea for Professor Shane are involved in this somehow. <laughs> but anyway, this is just setting up some drama, pitting one lady against another which annoys me so i don't want to dwell dwell on it too much right and tyler's been talking to the hybrids like in the background while this conversation is happening and he's like explaining to one of the other hybrids that they shouldn't go over to the grill because like it's suicide and the hybrid is like well fuck you man like i'm sired to klaus like if klaus is going to ask me to do something i'm gonna do it and Tyler's like, okay, like, I'm calling Klaus. <laughs> but it's weird because this didn't make a lot of sense to me because Tyler went through, like, all this shit in the Appalachian Mountains to try and break the sire bond. And then he's trying to tell this other hybrid that he doesn't actually have to listen to Klaus. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's bizarre. Yeah. And this hybrid, Dean. Dean. That's, uh, that's the name. He's like, you're not sired to Klaus. Prove it. And so Ty gives Klaus a call, thinking he's going to prove that he can say no to his daddy. But immediately Klaus pulls the Haley card. He's like, oh, yes, you're not you're not sired to me anymore. Sure. But I know all about your little secret. What was her name again? Ha 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 ha. (laughs) And you can tell that Caroline can hear the conversation which also means that Dean should be able to hear the conversation, but he doesn't believe that Cy- uh, Klaus, that, oh my God, he doesn't believe at the end of this that Tyler isn't sired to Klaus even more, anymore, even though Klaus acknowledges verbally that Tyler is not sired to him in this conversation. So I was very confused as to what was going on and who could hear what. Yeah, Caroline could definitely hear, but it seemed like nobody else could for whatever, for, for reasons. I did not get it, but Caroline is furious because she was already suspicious of this Haley tramp, but now mm-hmm. she knows that there's even more to it than she knew. Oh, womp womp. And I think this is the point where we get our famous landline phone call yes. over to the Mystic Grill. Um, so Stefan is calling the grill and he's like, listen, Connor let the hostages go and I'll explain to you about what's going on with the five, which how did Stefan learn? That's what Connor wanted to know. I know that he was listening outside the grill. Cause that's how he identified who was in there. So maybe he heard, oh, okay. heard that conversation. Yeah. But it's unclear. He might have just been guessing. Yeah. He's that like, would make sense. I guess. Listen, I know your story. I'll tell you all about your tats. I'll, I'll explain your ink bro uh just let them all go and we'll be chill yeah the connor's like i am full of rage and he smashes the phone (laughs) yes another big yell and while all this is happening april and matt have been hiding in the storage room where they're having just a weird ass conversation it's Um, very weird it is weird so april's like talking about when she was a kid 
that her dad used to tell her scary stories about vampires and that there's like something super familiar with Connor. And then I think Matt like starts gaslighting her and it's like, vampires are fake. What are you talking about? This guy's delusional and crazy. Like you said, LOL. Yeah. Don't buy into his delusions. That's stupid. And meanwhile, he is like looking around and like the whole way that he talks to her in every scene that they have together is like, He's barely, like, expending any kind of attention on, and he's, like, speaking with no effect. He, like, in this scene, he's looking around the storage room the whole time. He's just like, oh, yeah, whatever. No, don't think about that. I'm not going to try too hard to convince you. It's not worth my energy. You're not a real character. I know. It's so weird. Like, what does Matt lose by just telling her what's going on? That's what... I don't understand, but okay. Or at least, like, pretend that he doesn't know what's going on either, rather than just straight up lying to her yeah like how mad was he at everybody for lying to him about this stuff all the time but now he's just blithely joining in on it (laughs) Uh, i don't know it's bad but he says he's looking for the exit to the old wine cellar because they could use that to get into the tunnels but he finds that the exit has been bricked over but luckily he has some kind of pickaxe that he's gonna try to like prison break with I wrote, Matt begins chiseling bricks away. <laughs> As if, like, Connor wouldn't hear this. Right. It, it just seemed like such a funny way to, like, get out of this situation. It's just literally, like, chiseling your way out of a building. So I, I wish he had been using a spoon or something. <laughs> but it's like an actual chisel, isn't it? It has to be. I don't know. I don't think we see it. But I'm like, where the fuck did he get this? And he he just like had it immediately. Does he have I, it? Does he carry yeah. around like a toolkit with him at all times, just in case no. he has to prove that he's a heterosexual male? He wouldn't be that handy. This is why I'm so confused <laughs> as to why he has the appropriate tool to chisel out of a building. I guess he was a a boy scout, probably. <laughs> probably. All right, Matt. Well, good job because the chisel has come in handy finally. Yeah, because we see that Stefan is in the tunnels and he can hear the chiseling. He's like, ah, hark. (laughs) I must go that direction. Yes, someone's chiseling from the other side. Timmy's fallen in the well again. (laughs) And meanwhile, in the main room, Jeremy is trying to reason with Connor. He's like, you know, not all vampires are bad. I'm actually friends with some of them. It's no big deal. I'm like, wasn't it like two weeks ago that he was like, the worst thing in the world would be if Elena became a vampire. I hate vampires so much. They're the worst. Yes. And he was like talking about how like they were like the others and all of that kind of shit. But yeah, now he feels a little bit softened towards them, I guess. And Connor is like, yeah, well, guess what? I had a vampire friend once and I fucking killed her. She said that she would be able to keep it together, but then she didn't. And that's how I got this part of my tattoo, which is inexplicably like a sexy lady. Is that part of the map to the cure? It's like her left tit points at, like, due north. Oh, so funny. And and Jeremy looks so shocked here he's like you killed your friend i'm like does anything this man does surprise you like he 
he shot Tyler nine times in a church full of people during a memorial service, and you're surprised that he killed his friend. Shocking. Shocking. Oh my gosh. And maybe you can explain this to me because I don't know why, but I wrote <laughs> my next note was just vampires are Chekhov's gun. But I don't know what I was trying to say. Does it have to do with the fact that, like, Hunter was like, vampires kill humans, hunters kill vampires? Probably. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, my God. I'm sure it seemed very profound to me whenever I wrote it, like, three days ago, but I have no (laughs) recollection now. But Connor hears that somebody's coming, I guess. Oh, because Dean the hybrid has arrived. Right. And he's like, it's showtime. I'm going to turn on this hot new Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's track, and we're going to have a party. (laughs) And things, things go south here. So Dean walks in and he's like dodges like some sort of like laser or something like I think it was part just of the booby trap trip wire okay yeah he dodges the wire klaus had warned him to look out for traps oh that's right but he steps on like the front door mat and there's like a sensor underneath or whatever mm-hmm. that when he walks off of the mat then that crazy bomb thing that Connor was talking about a few scenes ago with Jeremy goes off and drives all of the nails into him. Yeah, and he's got like all kinds of nails and glass shards sticking out of his face, but he's a hybrid, so it can't kill him. Yeah. But luckily, Connor has some kind of super gun with which he's able to shoot like a fist-sized hole just directly through (laughs) Dean's body. Like, there's a camera shot, like, looking at Connor through the hole in this guy's chest. Is that, like, physiologically possible? I guess if you are Connor and you are really good at science, you can (laughs) put together this thing and that thing and this thing. Like, he could give Jonathan Gilbert a run for his money on inventing new doodads. Yeah, it was, like, a perfect hole, and, like, there was, like, nothing, like, ragged or, like, bloody about it. It was just, like, a hole. It was very weird. Yeah. But as we know, taking a hybrid's heart out of its body will kill it. So yes. he did. R.I.P.D. Yes, we barely knew ye, but you share a name with the worst, well, one of the worst characters on Gilmore Girls. Mm. Potentially the worst. Yeah, I'd have to think about it more. so while all this is happening with the front Stefan has somehow chiseled his way in from the other side um and he's like in the storage room with matt and april and he like grabs april and he hands her his phone and he's like follow this very unclear map and get out of here can you imagine looking at that and thinking that you could get out of that of the grill even it was if it was a high def image of a map that i could zoom in on on a modern phone i would not be able to follow it because maps are hard even when they're like very detailed and this is just like brown squiggles on yellowed parchment basically right and she has like no context for where she is and like where all of the other like it's not like during the underground railroad the mystic grill was there so it wouldn't say like mystic grill you are here 
Oh my god. Well, I think Matt is going with her, and he's probably supposed to be in charge of the map, because penises help. Sure, sure. But, lol at the map. Yes. So, Stefan has arrived at the party to have a great time. We see that Connor's tattoo is growing, because he killed another hybrid, which counts as a vampire. And Stefan's kind of like creeping in the background, getting the lay of the land. And we see that Jeremy steps on one of those pressure sensor bomb mats. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure Connor is probably screaming something at this point, but I didn't write it down. Yeah, just yelling in the background. So everything's very tense there. There's probably an imminent explosion if Jeremy takes one step. Stefan's like trying to reason with Connor. I don't know if that happens here or later, but we don't know what's going to happen. And Elena, meanwhile, is very worried because she just heard an explosion coming from the grill. So she's calling Stefan like, hey, what the fuck? I need to know what's going on over there. Right. Yeah. And Stefan is not answering his phone because he handed it to Matt with the image. Why didn't he (laughs) beam it to Matt? Right. Touch to beam, girl. So, yeah, while Elena's frantically calling Stefan, we see Damon start to stir and wake up from his vervain. And he realizes that he can't go anywhere or accompany Elena because Stefan had taken his damn daylight ring. (gasps) Rude. So rude. And Damon is coming to the conclusion here that something is, like, seriously up with Stefan. He's like, Elena, listen, he either, like, made a deal with Klaus and something shady's going on there, or he's, like, being compelled. Yeah. And Elena's like, well, we can deal with that later, because my brother, a.k.a. my only reason to live, uh, is in danger right now. So I'm going to go real quick and take care of that. And Damon's like, no, Elena, you can't. He's dangerous. And Elena turns around on him and snarls, so am I! Yes! Oh my gosh. Yeah, Elena! I know. I loved this moment. I was like, get it! Get it! It's so good. And she says it with such passion that Damon, like, changes his mind. And he's like, okay, yeah, go ahead. Get in there. Get as close as you can and just kill him. Yeah, and he's like, he doesn't know that you're a vampire somehow, so, like, use that to your advantage. Mm -hmm. And then kill that motherfucker. And she nods. Yeah, so Elena's on a mission. Yep. <laughs> Meanwhile, Stefan is still trying to reason with Connor. Connor screams, I don't make deals with vampires! Wow, that's a good impression. I'm scared. That really hurt my throat. <laughs> I believe it. It sounded very gravelly. Ugh, Connor. And then Elena busts in and she's like, Oh, please, sir, don't kill my brother. I only have one family member left and I'm just a helpless lady. Don't do it. (laughs) And Connor is not having it. He just like doubles down at this point. He's like, You hear that, Stefan? The girl is watching. I will shoot the boy in front of her. (laughs) And then I don't know exactly what order all this happens in, but... Within about 10 seconds, Jeremy gets shot in the gut. Elena, like, tackles Connor with a major face boner. Stefan grabs Jeremy and zooms him away, making the bomb go off, and they hide behind a table. And then 
Elena looks around and, like, everybody is gone. Except for Jeremy. Yes. Good job, Claire. I don't know how any of that happened. I just wrote down words. Yeah, it was a lot that that went down at once. And I think that we get to the end of this scene and Connor has, like, overtaken Elena. Right? And he's, like, about to stake her. I think, actually, first she's at the girl for a bit with Jeremy because she has to feed him her blood because he got shot at the grill. Not for the first time. (laughs) Jeremy has been shot at the Mystic Girl by adults twice. (laughs) Oh no. Okay. Sorry, Jeremy. Oh, I love it. But yeah, you're right. It's kind of awkward because Elena's like, oh, you're bleeding. I'm hungry. He's like, don't worry, Elena. I trust you not to feed on my bullet wound. Yeah, I know this is hard for you. And he brings up the tattoo somehow. And Elena's like, wait, what about a tattoo? I don't know her. So nobody's been telling Elena anything. And, like, it's not even like they compelled her to forget. Just nobody told her in the first place about this fucking tattoo. Right. And Elena's like, well, who else knows about this? And Jeremy's like, well, I don't know. But apparently I was with Connor all day yesterday but someone compelled me to forget and is it elena who says like oh i think i know who yeah Hmm. she's suspicious of her boyfriend so she's gonna head down in those tunnels to uh confront him but he's currently being confronted by damon so she'll have to wait her turn yes damon tells stefan that he had to bust through the boiler room and a septic tank to catch up to him so why is he not covered in shit right now is what I want to know. Right. He had like one smudge like on his forehead or his cheek or something. And it was like, that does not seem like the type of journey that you went through. You should be a lot, a lot dirtier here. Did the Mystic Falls Underground Railroad have like an emergency shower station? <laughs> but he's like, you got to tell me what the fuck is up because this is not cool. Like, are you compelled? What's the deal? And Stefan's like, I can't tell you. You just got to trust me. And they fight, because that's what they do. Yeah. And it gets real intense. Is this where Connor is also in the tunnel with them now? I don't think they see Connor in the tunnel. I think only Elena does. Or at least from what I have written down. What do you have? I have that Stefan has Connor, and that he tells Connor to run. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, I missed that. That is in this scene. Okay. So prior to their boy fight, Stefan has been, like, blocking Connor so that Damon can't kill him. Right. And that really pisses Damon off. And Stefan says, Connor, get out of here. Run. And Damon's like, what the fuck? And things get more aggressive from there. So Damon, like, pushes Stefan up against the wall and, like, starts, like, grabbing his heart out of his chest. (sighs) So gross. Yeah. And Stefan, like, starts to come clean because he's like, oh, shit. Like, Damon is serious here um so he explains that like the connor's tattoo is going to be the key to getting the cure for vampires (laughs) for elena and that he can't have connor die because if connor dies then they lose the opportunity to heal elena forever and like that's their only hope of actually like giving her a normal life Mm -hmm. and you see damon like start to like recognize like he doesn't he like 
shifts a little bit. His face softens and he's like, okay. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. But unfortunately, Elena has been not, not been privy to any of this information because why tell Elena crucial things that affect her life? Right. <laughs> and she is caught up to Connor as he's running away. And she tells him to stay the hell away from her brother. Yes. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to very obviously grab at a stake in my utility belt, but then stab you in the stomach with it instead of your heart. And oh my God, I don't know. Like, I don't usually feel this way about Elena, but this was really fucking hot. (laughs) She says, you missed. And then like standing perfectly still, like she doesn't recoil or anything. She just snaps his neck and like stands there staring down at him coolly. Yes, this is a major Elena moment, like a shift for her. It was, wow. I was like, damn, now I have a face boner. (laughs) And uh, this is Stefan's nightmare right here, because in this moment, she has just remorselessly killed this guy. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about the morality of that later, but she's just like, fuck it. Like her instincts are telling her right now she did the right thing and that she's a badass. Yep. Absolutely. That's not the the girl that Stefan knows and loves. She's so empathetic. The guilt. This would tear her up. (laughs) (sighs) Well, thanks for guiding us through that recap of what (laughs) happens in the grill and the tunnel, because it was it was a lot. It was a lot. Well, I had forgotten that Connor was there in like a big percentage (laughs) of that. So thank you for the assist. (laughs) No, it's all good. It's all good. It just goes to show, like, how much action is in, like, these these episodes. It's, yeah. it's wild. But now that they're, I don't know, things are calming down in the tunnels, uh, we leave there and go check in on the professor and Bonnie. So at first, Bonnie's like, this doesn't seem to be working, which I'm like, oh, thank God. Like, I was very, very worried about how this was going to end up. And the professor's like, well, what do you think we've been doing for the past seven hours? Oh, I don't know. But Bonnie doesn't seem to remember any of it. So probably it hasn't been good. Oh, my God. And she looks at the clock and she's just like, whoa, that's crazy. I don't have any concerns or follow up questions. And he's like, I'm pretty sure I'm really good at this. And I'm pretty sure you can do magic again now. So light this candle. Yeah. And she's like looking at it and like trying to channel all of her powers and the damn candle won't light. But then the professor's like, look around you. (laughs) If if you can't light, or yeah. And then he also says something like, if you can't light this candle, it's only because like you're afraid you're stronger than the spirits, blah, blah, blah. And we see that the candles are lit like all around the room. There's like 50 of them, except for the one that was right in front of Bonnie, which was weird. But okay, does that mean her magic is restored or what? To be determined. I guess, yeah. But it was kind of like that very key scene earlier and early in her witch journey in season one Mm -hmm. where she lit all of the candles at the founder's party. Right, yeah. I like that throwback. Very excited. And like, there is a part of this scene that is really nice. And if it weren't the creepiest person with obvious, like, ulterior motive saying it, I would be like, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> Professor Shane's like, look, don't be afraid of those spirits. Like, you have powers that you don't even know, and you are stronger than them. So fuck those witches and, like, don't be afraid. Just be badass. Yeah. I'm like, yes, but also fuck off. 
<laughs> yes, but no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she lit some candles. So that seems like progress. Yeah. It's Bonnie. It's Bonnie. So we leave them and we go back over to the woods where Elena has started digging a shallow grave and she still has like all of this blood from when she bit Connor and it's like just like dried onto her mouth and she like doesn't try and wipe it off at all and it's pretty gross. I feel like when you become a vampire one of the first things you should do is go to Costco and just get bulk packages of wet wipes. Yes. And you always carry, carry some all times. Like, put some in your bra. You know, you never know when you're going to need them. Right. Like this moment right now. New vampires are messy eaters. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Be prepared. <laughs> but yeah, Elena is doing some kind of shame spiraling here. So she's like, I can't believe I killed a person. Like, I killed him. I should bury him. And... Damon and Stefan walk up and they're just kind of like, oh, shit. They, like, stay pretty quiet or just kind of, like, watching her. Yeah. And she's, like, having this delayed freak out reaction. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe I killed someone. I'm a monster. And Damon's like, actually, it's more complicated than that. And she's like, no, fuck you. You told me to kill him. And so I did it. And now I have regrets. So let me take this grave very sadly with blood on my face, please. She confronts Damon and was like, this is kind of your fault. Then she turns to Stefan and she does the same thing. And she's like, you made some secret deal with Klaus. Like, you said you would protect Jeremy and that I could trust you. Like, so she's mad at Stefan and mad at Damon. Yes. And mad at herself. Yes. And she's freaking out. And she's just doing, like, an angry grave dig session. We've all been there. Which poor Elena... I, f- I do feel bad for her in this moment. Yeah. But she shouldn't feel bad because... She shouldn't. She c- she killed Connor, who was trying to kill everyone that she knows and loves, committed an act of, like, mass violence at a fucking funeral, <laughs> tortured April. Like, she doesn't have anything to feel sorry about. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, yeah. I keep on bringing this back to comparisons with when Caroline turned. But, like, Caroline just killed, like, a random guy who did nothing, and, like, it was horrible for her, and she felt really guilty about it, but, like, she did not freak out on this level. It's like, you killed somebody who literally his only character trait was, I want to scream a lot and murder everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, it's okay, honey. Yeah. Absolutely. But she's just so compassionate and empathetic, and her feelings are too fragile to murder (laughs) it's like the trend i keep seeing on tiktok it's like me an empath and then like whatever like that's just totally elena's whole personality oh my god but yeah so elena's digging in the woods and then things are happening over at the lockwood mansion yeah ty ty is uh hugging Haley and (laughs) consoling her for dean's death Oh, that's right. Yep. Can't believe Dean is gone. We could have saved him. And Caroline walks in and she's not happy. Yeah, she's like, excuse me. Sorry to interrupt this hug and comfort that's happening. God, Tyler, can't you even have the decency to make up some excuse as to why you're banging this hussy? And Haley is reasonably like, I'm going to go and let you guys talk. This seems like not the good time for me to be here. 
Right. And Caroline's all like, Tyler, I went through hell like when I thought that you were dead. Like, I can't believe that you like would do this to me, that you like fell for someone else. And Tyler's like, listen, I never like fell for Haley. Like Caroline, she saved my life and helped me get through like all of the breaking of the sire bond when I was in the Appalachian Mountains because I like literally almost died trying to do it. And he like reveals that Haley has like a grand plan to work with him on helping other hybrids break the sire bond and being free from Klaus and that they have to keep it a secret or else if Klaus finds out, then he's going to go ahead and kill them both, which I guess is why they let Klaus go along with the made up story that he made (laughs) (laughs) of Haley and Tyler being together. Yeah, he's like, baby, 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 I never cheated on you. I just let the guy uh, who usually wants to kill us and also wants to bone you think that I cheated on you so that he doesn't know my secret other plan. But I super love you, girl. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it is a it is a convoluted plan. <laughs> and I think we leave them uh, for the episode mm-hmm. in this kind of tentatively okay place. Right, and I think we head over to, like, the town square or whatever we call it, and April and Matt are out walking, and they happen upon Jeremy, and April has clearly been compelled. (laughs) I can't tell if Matt has been compelled or he's just going along with April. He's just going along with April. (laughs) Okay, yeah. This is so sad. She's like, hi, how's it going? I had to go over to see Caroline and talk to her for a minute, but then I thought we could all get some coffee. Oh no, the grill's closed. Did you hear there was a, a faulty gas line? Ha ha ha. I have no emotions uh, associated with that phrase. Yeah. yeah. Like her brain is so addled at this point. I know. And then she gets rejected by both Matt and Jeremy for a coffee date. <laughs> it is a April. bad day in her life. It is, but at least they give her Jeremy's ugly ass bracelet. Oh my god. He like accidentally drops in and is like, hey, is this your bracelet? And she's like, no, that's an ugly piece of shit. But then Matt's like, oh, I think it would look really hot on you. Put it on. Oh, never take it off. That's so sexy. And I know. She's like, oh, it's so okay. weird. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, it looks good. Uh, I just feel like I could see myself doing something like that when I was a teenager. (laughs) I know. I know. I feel bad for her. Like, she's such a non-entity as a character, but, like, I want to hug her. Yes, me too. (sighs) Those two are always having just the stupidest plans and plot lines together. They are. What's the opposite of the dream team? The nightmare team? The nightmare. Schnightmare. (laughs) So I guess April walks away and does something. I hope it's better than the rest of the day before this. Yes. Um, but Jeremy and Matt are, are like catching up and Jeremy's like, I'm okay, but I'm like just sick of like all the secrets and everything that's going on. And then he starts getting a tattoo on his hand. <gasps> yeah, I have stares- so many questions. Who did he kill? Does he not need to kill someone? So, I don't know, like, I know, but I don't know if it's a spoiler to say. I don't okay. think it is. I'll just say it, because I think you could, it can be extrapolated from what Connor said about when he got his tattoo, which is, like, he's referred to Jeremy as a potential hunter. And that right. when he got his tattoo, it was after he had lost track of the guy whose tattoo he had seen before, and it was implied that he had, like, been killed in combat. 
So Connor has died. So Jeremy's being called up to the big leagues. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I definitely needed an explanation (laughs) on that one. I hope that wasn't a spoiler. I don't think it was. No, I don't think so. I mean, they've implied it here, even if they didn't, like, explain it explicitly. So, yeah. uh-oh, Jeremy. But I love that, like, he has just said this thing, like, I hate secrets. No more secrets. Then he looks at his hand and sees a magical tattoo appear, and he's like, huh? And that's like, what's going, what's wrong? And he's like, oh, nothing, bro. <laughs> right. My yeah. hand is completely white. Exactly. So oh, now Jeremy. we have, what, uh, the rest of a season with just, like, Jeremy growing tattoos. I don't even fucking remember. <laughs> we'll see. So I think that's all we see of Jeremy for the rest of the episode. Thank God. Yes. We go over to the boarding house where Damon is now reading Stefan's <laughs> journal. Gotta yeah. break some boundaries here. Well, he's like, I had to check and make sure that you weren't bullshitting me about this cure thing. <laughs> it's like, well, he could have staged the diaries. <laughs> he could have. That would have been smart. But we find that he also did not tell Elena about the cure. Mm-hmm. And they talk about it. And they're like, so what do we do now that Connor's dead? Like, we don't have the map. What's going on? And one of them says, like, oh, well, there will be new hunters now. So we have to find them. Yeah. Apparently they know all the details of how this works. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and they're like, ah, oh, once again, we find ourselves on a quest. Yep. <laughs> and then... Damon makes things like a little bit more serious and he's like listen Stefan like why is this so important to you like why do you really want to cure Elena is it because she's not cut out to be a vampire or is it because you can't love her if she is one I'm good with her either way so if I'm gonna actually help you do this like I'm doing it for you and not her damn yeah and Stefan says something like oh I'll always love her but she's not supposed to be like this like this is wrong I'm like, yeah, whatever. Shut up, Stefan. Giving me bad vibes, Stefan. Bad vibes. <sighs> but yeah, Damon's like, I love her just as she is. I am Mark Darcy and she's Bridget Jones. <laughs> and then we have a confusing cliffhanger with Elena. <laughs> yes, that is a good way to put it. So now yeah, she so... in the shower having not a great time. <laughs> no. Now she's in the shower, wiping the blood off. Cosplaying Lady she... Macbeth. <laughs> she gets out of the shower and of course she has to go write down all of her thoughts in the in her diary which i feel like is a very unsafe thing to do considering how this town has no laws or rules <laughs> um so she's like dear diary i lost control i killed someone this is the worst thing ever because it's worse than losing someone i love because i lost myself blah blah, blah. and then some blood drips onto the diary and i'm like oh did she get a nosebleed yikes yeah and then she like turns around and sees that there's like some blood splattered like on the floor and a bloody handprint on the door and she like kind of continues back into the bathroom and she just sees like the bathroom is nasty like there's like blood splattered everywhere and, like smeared and there's just written on the mirror killer in blood mm-hmm. and i'm like what the fuck is going on and then in true vampire diaries fashion <laughs> We see that it's just a hallucination. But why? I have no memory of this or what it means. So I'm very confused. (laughs) Yes, me too. But it is the end of the episode. So we have to wait another week to find out. We certainly do. Oh, Elena. 
Can't you just enjoy your first righteous murder? <laughs> so, what did you think about this episode? I thought it was good. I mean, a lot of annoying shit happened, but <laughs> I feel like this is probably the best one of the season so far. Ooh. Yeah, I was... liked that Connor is dead. Um, <laughs> and, I... <laughs> and I really liked Elena taking charge and just murdering Connor, even if it did ruin her chances of becoming human again. <laughs> yeah. But maybe not, because we have Jeremy coming through. Who fucking knows? Yep. Yeah, there was a lot that really pissed me off in this episode, but, like, in a fun way, weirdly? Yeah. I don't know. Like, it was fun to be mad at everybody. Exactly. I know what you mean. And there was, like, enough, like, good action that made enough sense that it was entertaining. (laughs) Yes. And uh, speaking of things making us mad in a fun way, who you want to punch this week? Wow. You would have thought that I would have thought about this more, but there are I never think about it at all. So. I know. I usually try and think about it ahead of time so that my answer makes sense. Because otherwise I'm like, what characters are on this show when I, <laughs> <laughs> when it's come time? Yeah, this one's obvious for me, but I feel like I have to punch the creepy professor. Oh. <laughs> I just can't with him. Like, just the fact that he's the professor and he's hitting on Bonnie, who's in high school, apparently. And he has her in a position where she's, like, fawning over him. And she literally said, oh, my God, I can't believe you actually wrote a book. It just seems so inappropriate to me. And every scene, I was just, like, vomiting in my mouth. And i worried about what he put in her tea. i worried about what they did for seven hours. <laughs> so I'm going to punch Professor Shane. All right. I like it. Thank you, Claire. Who who do you want to punch? Well, I thought you were going to say Connor because I was I thought of him as the obvious one. Yeah. And I think I do have to punch Connor because he's dead now. So mm-hmm. it's my last chance. Yes, that's a good choice. And it's just like he's such a two dimensional character. And mm-hmm. like that's always been the case. But this week, it seems like I think it was the screaming that put me over the top. Like <laughs> all of this unnecessary like guttural screaming at these children like right you two move go into the storage room Ah!" and i'm just like calm the fuck down right oh my gosh maybe he's just really mad about the lack of character development in which case i i feel you yeah because there was literally so he's been in in the season for five episodes was he in the first one i feel like he didn't show up until the beginning of the second you're right. He didn't. Yeah, because the first one was just all about Pastor Young. Right. So he's been in it for four episodes. And for the first three episodes, a lot of shit happens and we know nothing about him. It's so weird. Why wouldn't they have set up some of the backstory like earlier in like this, the earlier episodes that we cared more about when he died and stuff? I don't know. It just yeah, seemed like, like a weird choice. They tried to sneak in some motivation so that it would like not be like a huge hell yeah moment when he died but yeah i feel like it was kind of similar to season two was it that had uh dr jonas martin and luca Mm, and i'm like oh how strange that it's uh when we have these black characters come on and have like no personality traits except they're trying to fuck stuff up for like our heroes and then they get unceremoniously killed off like oops twice is a trend (sighs) Yeah, I, I didn't... I forgot about Dr. Jonas or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. 
And it's like, we just brought him in to yell a lot and murder a lot. And then Mm -hmm. he doesn't even get to be like the big bad of the season. He's just like a pawn in this white professor's plan. And he gets killed off. And it's problematic if you think about it. (laughs) Definitely. But I still. Thanks for bringing it up. Maybe I don't want to punch him just for that reason. No, I still want to punch him. But I also want to punch Matt like as a second choice. Oh, that's Just for how he treated April. Yeah. When he, like, growled at her that they don't open till 11. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, I support both of those choices. Thank you very much. Who you want to high five? Hmm. Elena. Yes. 100%. Can we both pick Elena? Absolutely. When she she just killed Connor, I was like, yes, queen. And I just... She did the right thing. Like, she has saved way more people by killing Connor than she would have if she had not killed him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like she did something bad or wrong and it needed to be done. God, someone had to do it. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, if you're going to accept the morality of the Vampire Diaries world, like this is the most justified murder that we've seen. Right. Absolutely. And we cannot forget that at the end of last season, she wanted to kill all of the originals except the one that originated the Salvatore bloodline. And that would have killed thousands or more vampires all over the world. So, like, why is that okay within her moral, like, hierarchy? Because it's not like it's only because they're vampires that she doesn't care because, like, she's in love with vampires. She likes mm-hmm. vampires. She's tight with vampires. So it doesn't make sense to me. Is it just because she wouldn't be the one, like, pulling the metaphorical trigger? Except that she was prepared. She had a white oak sake that she was, like, when they killed Phil, she was going to yeah, know, shoot her shot with. It doesn't make yeah. sense to me. And that's one of the things that pisses me off about this season is, like, okay, so exciting at the end of season three that we've turned Elena into a vampire. There's so many possibilities. But now mm-hmm. they've just made it, like this relentless bummer about like, oh no, Elena cannot be a vampire. We have to fix this. And she has to be so unhappy. Being a vampire has to be ruining her life and making her want to die, except she has to live for Jeremy. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't really buy that because of, you know, it doesn't gel with the moral calculus of the show. Mm -hmm. And because it's boring, it makes Elena a less interesting character because we see these glimpses of her being like, I am dangerous And, like, I'm going to kill this guy. And it's like, wow, that is, like, I want to see that journey. Not like, oh, I'm the damsel. These, the the Salvatores have to hide this thing from me so that I can be saved and not have to be this icky, morally dubious vampire. Yeah. It's just such an annoying direction to take that plot point. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like you've, like done a really good job of explaining this because when we do get these glimpses like these moments of her being like super powerful or like having fun like when she was with Damon like these are some of my favorite parts of these episodes and Mm -hmm. it's because we do get to see Elena like through that lens rather than just moping and being sad and like being like tied up in like the boarding house while Stefan and Damon go out and like do whatever the hell it is that they want to do yeah And you wonder, like, how much of her reaction to killing Connor is that Stefan has just been telling her nonstop since she turned, like, if you kill somebody, you're going to go off the rails. You won't be able to handle it. Right. 
He's been priming her for this. Like, maybe she would have been fine if he wasn't, like, in her ear with all that bullshit. Yeah, the power of suggestion is, like, super powerful. <laughs> like, the yeah, the fact that Damon is, like, you'll never financially recover from this. <laughs> it, it adds up. Yeah. It, it's guilt. It's, she feels guilty because of him. Who do you want on a high five, Claire? Anyone else besides Elena? <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. Because, like, Caroline didn't get to do anything except, like, be jealous of Haley, which is not yeah. fun. No. I guess... No. I was going to say Tyler just for the line about being shot nine times. Yeah. No, I just want to high five Elena. We're both saying Elena this week because she had such badass moments. Yeah, that's a good choice. A double high five. I like it. And it was so hot when she murdered Connor. I don't <laughs> usually was. find violence and murder hot, but in this specific circumstance, it was. There we go. I dig it. <laughs> so I feel like I already started Wire Men. Yeah, I feel like we did, but... It's just yes. so frustrating that now it's like the Salvatore brothers are bonding over, let's keep this from Elena so that we can fix her life without her input again. I know, you would think that they would learn their lesson somehow over the years that this show has been going on, but they keep coming back to this over and over and over again, that they know better than Elena on how she should live her life, even when things are drastically different now than they were before. Like, the circumstances have, have changed. She's not human she doesn't need the same level of protection from them which i argue that she didn't even need when she was a human but she especially doesn't need now and the fact that they're keeping her in the dark about like these opportunities for becoming human again it's just insane yeah and it doesn't like why can't she know about the cure like she's actively like right writing in her journal about wanting to kill herself like, yeah. let her have the hope, even if it's going to be potentially crushed later. There's is, no is reason she shouldn't know. Is that why they're withholding know. it? Is that That's... why they're withholding it? Because they don't want her to be disappointed? I don't... It's so weird. At the end of the episode, they say they don't want to tell her now because she would be so upset that she killed Connor and he had the key. But oh, that, that doesn't, doesn't explain yeah. why Stefan wasn't telling her before. He's just like, you have to trust me. This is so important, but I can't tell you why. Yeah. It's like, let her be a part of her own life. I know. Yeah. It's like, she is dangerous. She is powerful. She is I a human being with her own destiny and, like, her own wishes. And, like, tell her about the cure. Who says that she's going to want it, necessarily? Because it's not going to change anything that's happened. Right. I'm, like, curious if she would want it. I mean, she probably would, but she should get the option to, like, mull it over. Yeah. And if she doesn't, then they don't have to worry about any of this shit. So maybe they should ask her and then right. they don't have to go on this giant journey with 40 archaeologists and Klaus <laughs> and a sword and Jeremy tattoos. You know, it's a lot. It's Good a lot Lord. that they could probably just skip if, if Elena doesn't want the cure. Yeah. But then they get such like a high off of being on these secret quests together. Yeah, they it's do. It's boys only, no girls allowed. It's We're going like to be the, the heroes. And she's going to be so yeah. grateful to them forever for saving her from this horrible fate. Even though it's their fault that this happened in the <laughs> first place. <laughs> yes. 
They'll never learn. They will not. I think we already covered a lot of the other stuff, like, in our recap, because there's the whole Professor Shane situation. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I've said everything that I want to <laughs> say about Professor Shane. I don't want to keep dwelling about how creepy he is or why he was at that murder party or why everything he says is a double entendre sexual innuendo to an 18-year-old. 17-year-old, probably. Yeah, we don't know when when or if she's had her 18th birthday. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, like, almost cliche of, like, the creepy professor. It is. Do you think that the show is aware of that? I don't know. Like, clearly he's bad. Like, clearly he's, like, a villain. Like, he's a bad guy. But I don't know if, like, the show is, like, smart enough to be, like, aware of, like, how that character is coming off. It's hard to say because on the same network, you had the show Pretty Little Liars, Uh which is a terrible show and you should never watch it. I watched four seasons and I could not tell you, like, I could not explain any of the plots to you because they were so stupid that they immediately slid off of my brain. <laughs> but one of the key relationships in the show is between a teacher and a student. And it's mm-hmm. like, Aria, in the summer before whatever year of high school it is, but she's hella underage, like, made out with this hot guy at a bar. And then it turned out the next day that it's her new, like, English teacher or whatever at high school. And he's like, oh, no, we can't. I'm your teacher. But then, of course, they get together and they have a secret relationship. And they portray it as this, like, sexy secret and, like, this epic romance. And there's also another, one of the other four main chicks is, like, dating an actual medical doctor at the same time. And nobody has a problem with it. And they're all supposed to be in high school? Yes. Oh, no. She, uh, that one is the one whose older sister is played by Tori DeVito, who was originally dating this doctor as an adult, but then the doctor left her for her underage sister. (gasps) Oh. Yeah. That show is fucked up. I feel like that is a deeply morally irresponsible show. I remember my youngest sister watching it when she was, like, in middle school or high school. And really liking it, but I have not watched it myself. Yeah, I, I'm still angry whenever I think about it. But, like, even the teacher character looks kind of like Professor Shane. It's like this dark-haired, like, roguish-looking guy. Mm-hmm. So I don't look. know if they know that it's wrong. I don't know that they would think it's wrong if he were not evil and were to date Bonnie. Right. Yeah, it sounds like probably not at the time. Speaking of dating Bonnie, where the hell is Jamie? Does he come back? I don't know where he is. I think he does. Oh. But I can't remember when or why, or if I'm just like having memories of episodes he's already been on. Maybe (laughs) Professor Shane takes her hostage because that (laughs) seems to happen a lot. And then for some reason, they call Jamie. They probably call... Bonnie's mom and then she's like sorry I'm too busy at this moment I cannot come please call Jamie in my absence and they're and like that's who how he comes back Who's Jamie I don't know her <laughs> uh, but yes bad vibes all around bad vibes yeah and we talked about like the Tyler thing um like during the recap so I'm I'm wire bend and of course the Matt gaslighting April thing yeah and that's just the cherry on the shit Sunday. Yes. 
Yeah, let's uh, give ourselves a little treat and not talk about any of that anymore. Hooray! Whee! Who should have done it? <sighs> the age-old question. <laughs> Why don't you kick us off with who should have done it? I think that Professor Shane and Klaus should have done it. Because... <laughs> okay. He is such a fan of Klaus's work. He's so jelly of Connor for having gotten to meet him. Yes. And I just feel like it would be a real treat for him and it would take him away from Bonnie. That's a good point. And they probably deserve each other. And Klaus does need to lose his virginity, as we know. He does. And Klaus loves a fan, I'm sure. He's... Remember how many times last season he he said something like, Why doesn't anybody appreciate me? (laughs) Professor Shane appreciates you, Klaus. Yes. He'll appreciate you all night long. (laughs) Uh, You come up with the best pairings. I love it. (laughs) It was really hard in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Because there's so much creepiness. Right. And you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to foster the creepiness. I'm going to say Dean and Nate, even though Nate was dead by the beginning of this episode. But I can't think of any other characters that I would want to be paired up in this episode at all. Maybe, I feel like there's a fine line around the Elena Damon thing that I could go there, but I just... I don't want to, so I'm yeah, gonna say Dean and Nate. Up until the end of the episode, where he decides he's gonna lie to Elaine about the cure, yeah. I can get on board with that. Yeah, but I don't want to go there. Well, since Nate and Dean are both dead, maybe they're on the other side now, and they can do it there. Yeah, and Alaric's watching. <laughs> I love that. Why not? I don't know. It seems within the realm of possibility for the show. I mean, his ghost is chilling out, like, watching over everybody, as we saw in uh, Yeah, he is. He's just up there having a whiskey, popping down to Earth every now and then. (laughs) Rest in peace, bros. R.I.P. (laughs) And now for our exciting new segment. Did you have a favorite quote in this episode? I did, but I don't have the exact quote, so I'm going to have to paraphrase, but I think you probably know what it is, and it might be yours, too. Oh, I don't know. But when Tyler said that he needed to be um, involved because, uh, with, he needed to be involved with Connor's murder because the guy shot him, like, nine times, (laughs) that one made me laugh the most. Yes, that was very good. That was definitely in my short list. Uh Uh-huh. What was your favorite? My favorite was when... April is like, I have never met you in my life, Connor. (laughs) Connor says, you kids need to get some vervain and don't just wear it as a bracelet. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. Like, this is the only good thing that Connor has ever said. He had one shining moment before he went out in a blaze of glory. (laughs) Pro tip. Drag him. Yes. Get rid of the Etsy shop. (laughs) And really... All it does is inspire Jeremy to pass along his bracelet. It does. He's like, well, I can't wear this anymore because it's clearly not cool, but I'll give it to April. <laughs> oh, that cracked me up. That was a good one. <laughs> and a uh, special honorable mention to Klaus saying that he would toss the sword into the Mediterranean. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll also give an honorable mention, which it isn't a line so much as a term, but for... <laughs> Haley to just start calling Tyler Ty out of nowhere in front of Caroline. Like, wow, that is a power move. Oh my god. Yeah, calling somebody by a nickname to mm-hmm. their, like, current lover. 
Yeah. Like, I have an intimate relationship with your man. And I call him something that you don't. Yeah. But then she turns around and was like, oh, I don't do teen drama. I know. Haley, girl, you brought it. You brought this. We don't know much about her yet, but she was bad vibes this episode. I didn't like her this week. Yeah. I don't know if it's just the accent or what, but I'm there with you. The accent was bananas. <laughs> Toy. Yeah. It was bananas. Or as Haley would say, bananas. <laughs> Perfect. Oh my god, well that takes us to the end of our segments. Wow. Hooray, we did it. Sweet. Booyah. Any further thoughts on this episode before we wrap things up? I feel like I've said all that needs to be said. I can't, like, think about it anymore. I don't know, (laughs) I feel like my head is exploding from this episode because a lot of shit went down. I guess the only thing that I don't want is a ton of time spent on Jeremy's character, but I feel like mm-hmm. that's what we're going to get over the next few episodes. So I'm trying to brace myself because Jeremy time is coming. Fucking Jeremy. Yep. I... Who's he going to kill? Hopefully himself. <laughs> Glancing over my notes, there was one really funny thing that I didn't mention in the opening scene where Elena's writing in her diary. <laughs> I noticed that, like, she always has photos around the edges of her mirror, but Mm -hmm. this week, she only had one photo, and it was a picture of herself as a child. (laughs) Oh my god. And I'm like, is this a a way of, like, showing, oh, she has no one? And, like, if if you die, you get taken (laughs) off the mirror. (laughs) Like, what? That's so funny. It's symbolism. It's symbolism. And she's lost herself now, so she's going to have to take that photo off the mirror because she's yeah. a murderer. I love she's that. she's the killer. Just the picture of herself as a child. <laughs> I watched that and I remembered it and I didn't think it was weird. Well, we we already have seen that she has a photo, a framed photo, a photo of herself in a cheerleading outfit. <laughs> you do oh, you, Elena. Yeah. You... You have to love yourself first. Yes. It's good. Put on your own oxygen mask before (laughs) your child. Before assisting others. That's the phrase. (laughs) Before your child. That too. Elena doesn't have a child. That is not a twist that happens. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) All right. Well, that was a lot, but we did it. I'm proud of us. If you're proud of us and you want to tell us, you can mystic follow us on Twitter at the VD Diaries or on Facebook at the Vampire Diaries Diaries. You can also find us on Instagram where the underscore VD underscore Diaries underscore podcast or whoa. <laughs> okay, that Haley. Was a, that, was, <laughs> that was a Haley moment. <laughs> I'm like getting giddy. Um, or you could also send us an email if you prefer to communicate that way where the VD Diaries at gmail.com. Yes, we love to hear from you. We haven't gotten any really entertaining emails in a while. So please uh, dance for us, children. (laughs) And while you're at it, head on over to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever the hell it's called, and rate us and review us. We love getting that uh, validation. We definitely do. And... I feel like most people listen to us on iTunes now because remember the... Or did that happen... Yes. There was a day that, like, iTunes was, like, a little bit delayed in updating, but it was available on, like, all of the other platforms. But a couple of people had sent us messages saying, like, 
the episodes out on iTunes yet. Um, oh, yeah. Apple Podcasts. So, yeah. It's there now. It's there now. I had so to go like, ahead and leave us a little review. Figure out how to log into, like, my podcast account on Apple and, like, refresh the feed manually. It was very weird. Oh, wow. I Good. didn't like it. Good job, Claire. That sounds like... I made a real sacrifice of, like, five minutes of my life for you guys. <laughs> it sounded like a password reset might have been involved somewhere there, so I applaud <laughs> you. Anyway, yes, we love to hear from you in any uh, venue. Yes. So hit us up. And if you're ever being held hostage in a restaurant with a couple of douchebags, don't let them gaslight you. And don't wear dirty street bracelets that men give you. He's a ripper! Mucho love.